Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. It is always a pleasure on Monday to welcome in the great EJ Raddick, NHL Now on the NHL Network between the hours of 4 and 6. And EJ, before we get... um, we we get uh, we, we were talking before the show started before we started recording this that you know the best laid plans right you got a whole day ahead of you to recap the weekend and closing out the unofficial first half of the season and then we hear about the passing of Bobby Hull so I guess before we really get into anything uh, hockey now related we have to just touch on the fact of you know one of the greats of this game passes away at the age of eighty four. Yeah, um, Bobby Hull was definitely one of the icons of the sport. I mean, when you think about. You know, and at least when I was growing up, it was, you know, Gordie Howe. And, you know, previously it was the Rocket. And then Gordie Howe and Bobby Hull. Obviously, there were other legendary figures that played the game for many years. But, you know, Bobby Hull, I remember having that one of those games with the rods and the uh, where you could play, you know, a table, a board game of sorts. Not a board game, I guess, but... Uh, you know, where you pull the rods and the sure. play, you know, the guys, it was Bobby, it was called Bobby Hall Hockey. So, I mean, not many guys had their own game named after him. And, uh, you know, he, he kind of, uh, he was the first guy to make the big money in the NHL, signed the big contract, I guess in the WHA, I should say, signed the big contract to play with Winnipeg in the WHA. I think he was the first guy to get published, might have been in that mix too, but first guy in, in a WHA to do that and uh, in the slap shot known for that known for that being on that Stanley Cup winner with the Chicago Blackhawks in the early 60s uh, I mean he was definitely one of those guys I mean you thought about hockey in that era you thought about Gordie Howe you thought about Bobby Hall those were the guys that came to mind right away so very sad to hear of his passing he had a complicated life, apparently. He had other issues that kind of uh, haunted him away from the ice. But right. uh, clearly, as a player, he was one of the great players in the history of the game. He had over 600 goals as an NHL player. And then he had another, I believe, 300-something goals in the WHA. So, uh, really, just one of the legends of the game. And, you know, my condolences to Brett and to uh, the rest of the whole family. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, too. And you look at Brett's career and how maybe in a lot of ways he surpassed Bobby. Certainly statistically he did. Um, and just the effect that he had on the game. So you don't really see father and sons be kind of at the same table that they were, right? If you're a sports, there's plenty of father-son combinations. But I don't know if you can really get more interesting and as comparable as Bobby and Brett. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's kind of – I mean, that's, those are – I mean, that's a father and son. They're both legendary figures in the game. So you'd have to think about it long and hard to think about, you know, in any sport, a father and a son that had that kind of, that had those kind of careers where the son even surpassed the father in terms of goal scoring. So it's, it's, 
it's hard to imagine. Yeah, it really is. So he passed away at the age of 84, and you bring up the WHA, and you know the, the legend goes that he just threw out a ridiculous number, and the Winnipeg Jets gave it to him, so he felt like he had to go <laughs> to the WHA. And you just wonder, you know, you extrapolate it out, EJ, right? Like, does the WHA work at all if they don't make that deal? And listen, did it overall work? No, they got you know a little less than a decade. But you know, we got the Winnipeg Jets, the Hartford Whalers, the Edmonton Oilers, and the Quebec Nordiques out of it. Those four teams still exist in some way, shape, or form in the current NHL. And you just wonder if the WHA never really got off the ground. You know, would we have those four teams? Would there be an Arizona Coyotes right now, an Edmonton Oilers right now, a Carolina Hurricanes, you know, right now, a uh, you know, and even the, the the regeneration of the Winnipeg Jets, you know, so that's how much it affected hockey had maybe they didn't sign him to that contract. There would have been somebody else yeah. that would have been the ambassador of that league. Yeah, Quebec uh, would have, you know, ended up going to Colorado. So right. The other one of the teams there. But, I mean, obviously the history of the game would have been changed dramatically. And, you know, the WHA had a tremendous impact on the direction of where things were going to go with professional hockey in North America. And eventually, you know, they they were included in the NHL, the four teams. And you're right, it's, 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 it's hard to know if there would be a team at Edmonton, for example. You know, that would have happened. And obviously that became, you know, they became a dynasty in the late, mid to late 80s. So, I mean, that could have changed the trajectory of things. Wayne Gretzky, maybe he ends up somewhere else, completely different. Who knows? So... Um, Bobby Hall going there certainly gave them credibility. They signed a, num- a number of other NHL stars at that time, and they did create kind of a bidding war. I guess that was in that era when you had the American Football League, uh, the American Basketball Association, and then the World Hockey Association. You know, I, I don't think there was anybody that challenged Major League Baseball at that time. You know, even later you had the World Football League, right, which came even in the 80s. So, uh yeah, it was kind of a crazy era when you think back on it, Don, because if you don't even think now, it's hard to get leagues off the ground and to have them be successful, especially challenging the you know the major sports leagues that have been in business for so long and have such a a lock on uh, you know on the on professional on the individual professional sports. So uh, it was a big deal, and Bobby Hull. Was a you know he was a huge figure. He was a huge figure in Chicago, and he was a huge figure in Winnipeg, and uh, a huge figure in the history of this game. There's no question about it. Yeah, and you're right. All the sports kind of had that. Even going back uh, to the World Football League in the mid '70s, where you know Larry Zonka defected to go to Memphis. Like so, every every sport was looking to do that. What it did for um, money, you know, what it did for younger players being able to break into the league. Uh, just really, just incredible uh, everything that happened with that. So, um, we send our condolences to the uh, the Hull family as he passes away at the age of eighty four. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This kind of stumbled upon us. We got a tweet from Sean back on Friday 
about the NHL uh, in his estimation, and it's been banged around a little bit. We even talked about this back in the days of the old uh, NHL Live, EJ, of of changing the divisions up to where the NFL has it with having four divisions in each conference instead of two. So it'll be, it would basically be eight four-team divisions. And Anthony and I just kind of bandied it around, and, and I'm pretty happy what we came up with. Some fans wanted to tweak things. So I, I, I know you're driving, and I know you're trying to get in the right headspace for this, but I wanted to just throw it at you and uh, just tell me what you think, okay? All right. All right. So you got to keep the Devils, Rangers, and Islanders together, right? That's just like a no-brainer. So to me, that four-team division would be the Devils, Islanders, Rangers, and Flyers. I, I would agree off the top of my head. That would make sense. Yes. Now, the way I look at it as far as the um, the other divisions are concerned, then you would have to have what what I believe would make sense would to be to have all of the Canadian teams in the East be together. So you'd have Toronto, Montreal, and Ottawa together with Boston. Okay. Keeps the Boston. Uh, I, you know, I'm sure saying that mentally for me, that was, that was making sense. So, yes, I agree. And the other thing that makes sense, at least as far as I'm concerned, that old Southeast division, Washington, Carolina, Florida, and Tampa. Okay. Okay, and then yeah. um, where did I do? And you got Pittsburgh, Detroit. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. I, that's how I screwed it up. We had the, not Boston with the four. We had Buffalo because to my because uh, Buffalo, it's proximity. Yeah. It's it's proximity to Canada. So it would be the three with yeah. with how close it is to Toronto. So I figured we'd have. So that's where I screwed it up. So it would be Buffalo and the three Canadian teams. And then I'd put okay. Boston. Then I'd have Boston, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Columbus. Okay. And that would be, and that so so it would be Washington, Carolina, Florida, then Pittsburgh, Boston, Detroit, and Columbus. Now there's no real place to put Columbus, right? It's it's a newer team. It doesn't really have a geographical rivalry, um, but it's still kind of in the geographical area of Pittsburgh and Detroit. And I wanted to keep Boston and Detroit to keep that original six rivalry kind of going. So that's the, that's the way the four divisions broke down in the uh, East. Okay. Now, it does break, break up Boston and Montreal, which I think a lot of people are going to flip out about. But you can't well, make everything like they, perfect. It's not like they would never play under the, under the LaGreca scenario. Right. It's, 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 it's a, really the way, because I guess everything would kind of break down the same way as far as how often you'd play. We'd have to figure it out. They'd all be within, you know, one game or so of playing or, uh, less than the other division. So we'd have to work out the scheduling. But it really wouldn't be that big of a deal. Now, you can plug in Boston back and put Buffalo in there, but... I like the attractiveness of keeping um, the geographical rivalry with Buffalo there, and so that's the way I broke down the divisions in the East. So, okay. Um, okay. Some people have suggested should we put Philly in with Washington, Carolina, uh, you know, move Washington? I, I don't know. I just think that that's that just that makes perfect sense to me. Um, okay. All right. So that's the way I look at it. Now in the West, it gets kind of interesting yeah, because. Hard choices, Don. So I mean, that's no, you do. I like, it, it has been suggested by, like I said, people suggested. Well, Bonnie put Philly in, and you move, uh, you know, Boston. Put Philly in with Pittsburgh, Columbus, and Detroit, and put Boston in. So you have that Boston, New York thing going. But Philadelphia really wouldn't. I guess you'd keep the Pennsylvania teams together, but 
Pennsylvania is a pretty big state. They're not really that close together, so um, I, 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 would, I would leave that. So you're right. you got to make tough decisions. Nothing's going to be perfect, but I'm happy with that. Now we go out west. So I think the natural one that makes perfect sense, Seattle, Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton. We can agree that that, that should be the, the, the four-team division there. Okay. And then you would have L.A., Anaheim, San Jose, Vegas. That makes sense, too. LA. Right, you'd have the you'd have all the California teams and Vegas. LA, so you'd have LA, San Jose, Anaheim, Vegas. Okay. Yes. Now we've got Colorado, Winnipeg, Minnesota, Chicago. Okay. And then Arizona, Dallas, Nashville, and St. Louis. Okay. So that's the way I break it down. That's not on, uh, you know, that's a lot of travel for Nashville and, and uh, Arizona, I guess. But at the end of the day, as I pointed out earlier, and, you know, again, this is a mythical setup that you've created in your mind, which <laughs> I sometimes wonder about over the years. But, um, yeah, I guess, you know, you're not playing, you're not playing only in the division. So you're playing all the, you're, you know, the schedule would stay relatively the same. You're just breaking it into different pieces. Yeah, and, and, and I guess the whole idea of this, and then we can come up with different formats off of this, but I think that go to that old, are eight teams in one division just too much? And then you've got yeah. the top three teams going in with the wild cards, where in this you'd have four division winners, so half of your playoff teams of the 16 would win their division, and then you could break it down to where, you know, then you'd go with the highest seeds the rest of the way in each conference. And do it that way for the other four. Um, if you really want it to be controversial, just take the top two teams from each division, and there's your, there's your playoffs. That would cause a lot of controversy. That would, yes, it would. <laughs> because you have teams inevitably, no matter how you break it down, um, you inevitably have teams because of the cyclical nature of when teams are good and bad. You'd have divisions where three teams are really good. And you could even have a circumstance where three of, let's say, the best five teams in the league reside in the same four-team division, and then you have you'd have a challenge because somebody would be out or somebody would have to play somebody early in the playoffs. I mean, I, I, I we've had these conversations in the past, Don. I think you can slice it and dice it any way you want. You're always going to have issues. Yeah. And you're always going to have circumstances that are not perfect. I mean, the only way. I think to create an equitable circumstance is just to have one 16-team conference and the top eight teams by points playing a playing an equally balanced schedule end up in the playoffs. But you know the, the negative about that is that you know teams fall out and they have no connection to the playoffs for months. Whereas when you have divisions where you have teams get an opportunity to get in via the division or via a wild card, it leaves the door open for more teams to perhaps get in. So, or at least have meaning in their season as the season goes on. So, I mean, I think, huh. it's, I think it's something they could do if they had a desire to do it. I don't think they do, but, um, you know, I guess it, it brings us back to that discussion all the time because I saw it. You know, recently, I think Larry Brooks had it in his column, if not this week, last week, about 
still the fact that the way things are right now in the Atlantic Division, you know, Toronto and and Tampa are two of the, let's say, five best teams, and as they were last year, they are likely going to meet in the first round of the playoffs, and that's a little unfair of those particular teams, but that's the way this current format yeah, I, I sets things it. up. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah, I, yeah, like I, I hate other, that. In the other, in the, you know, in the previous iteration of what they used to do with the playoffs, right, it was a one through eight where the division winners got the first couple of seeds, and then, you know, you played kind of basically a wild card scenario from there out to fill it out, and then one played eight, two played seven. But even then, you had some really nasty four or five matchups because the way they did it, they allowed the division winners to have one of the first three seeds, and it usually created a difficult four or five matchup for somebody. You know what's interesting is they, they, they want to protect the division rivalries, right? But, but the way I look at it, EJ, and you follow all the sports too, division rivalries to me only seem to matter in baseball and football because you play double the amount of games in your division than outside your division. So, you know, in baseball, the Yankees and Red Sox play 19 times. You know, so of yeah. course there's going to be a rivalry there. In football, you don't play anybody twice except the teams that are in your division. So, obviously, rivalries are built. I mean, what rivalries? What is it? One extra game? You know, the Rangers and, and yeah. the Flyers you know, play four times, and the Rangers and the Canadians play three. Like, so yeah. outside, it's really about geographics. It's about how often you play in the playoffs together. You know, winning the division isn't isn't something that you kill yourself over like you do maybe in other sports. So I'm just wondering, we so, we're so worried about keeping the division rivalries. I mean, really, do they even exist as we know them? Well, they exist, sir. I think that historically they exist. And I think that, you know, from an ownership perspective, they look at, you know, when certain teams come into their building that are historical rivals and, you know, more local geographically, then you have a better chance to fill your building. And when a team, you know, with less of a history and less of a connection to your franchise comes into your building, uh, from, again, from an ownership perspective, maybe they have a less of a chance to fill your building or it's a less appealing game. So, you know, these are things that go back and forth. I always say that, you know, it's like any it's like any product. I mean, you know, I think you want to be able to sell your product in all of its markets. So, you know, Connor McDavid plays in Edmonton. I would hate to see a situation where Connor McDavid doesn't make at least one appearance in every building during the season because he's the the most uh, exciting thing about your product right now, right? So it would be unfortunate if a schedule existed where he didn't come to New York and play the Rangers or go to Philly to play the Flyers or go to Tampa to play the Lightning. And But that's the battle we have back and forth, and it's the battle that goes on in really all the sports, and it goes on certainly in hockey, and it's gone on for years and years and years. Right. And I, there's a lot of ways, you know, to our friend Dave Maloney once said there's a lot of ways to skin the cat, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways to, to slice it and dice it, and... Uh, you know, they do it this way now. It's not perfect. The setup that well, you have uh, come up with, I mean, is would be interesting. But again, it wouldn't be perfect. Because no, it wouldn't be the, perfect. The other situations are. But like, but 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 more to my point, and I'm with you. I want to see Connor McDavid every year. You know, I, I want to be able to have every team come into your building at least once. Baseball's now going to do that too because they finally figured out. We got Mike Trout. We've got Shohei Otani. We want him to be in every building in the league. Um, so we want to make that work. 
but it comes at the expense of divisional play. Right, they they added yep. Vegas and Seattle. So what did the, what did the, uh, the the suits of the NHL said thought it was a good idea to take one of the Ranger Islander games away? <laughs> like so, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying about wanting to keep the divisions and there's certain rivalries, but yet it's still every time they make a decision to the point of everybody coming to your building, it comes to the expense of divisional games. And and now the yeah. the, the the Oilers and the Flames this year play three times yeah. that's the same amount of yep. times that they that the edmonton oilers will play the um the the colorado avalanche like that doesn't make any sense yeah well i would say that they, they were talking about maybe going to an 84 game schedule that would allow for the teams in the division to play four times and you play everybody else twice i think it is and i'm like i don't you know, and again, you get it. You know, you get into a whole thing with the wild card uh, situation where the schedule is not exactly even for all the teams. I mean, it, it gets convoluted, and I've heard a lot of discussion about it. It would be nice to me if you're in the Metropolitan Division, play everybody four times. So that's what you play seven opponents four times, right? Would that be correct? Yeah. That'd be 28 games. And then you play the other 8, 16, 24 teams twice, right? So that would be 48 games. So 48 and 28, whatever that comes out to. I mean, that to me, that would be the, the way to do it. So you're playing in the division four times against everybody, and then you're playing everybody else twice. I don't think you need to play in conference, other division in your conference, three times. I mean, just play it twice, hold it away. Yeah, makes but I, perfect you know, sense. I'd have to do the math, and I'm, sure, and I'm sure that people would say, no, but, you know, based on the schedule, we have wild cards, is it fair to teams in different divisions who have a different schedule based on a little convoluted? It's probably a better conversation to have with Bill Daly or someone from the league. Um, but, I mean, for me... I would just say that if you played everybody in your division four times, and then you played everybody else in the league all their way, that'd be good for me. But I don't even—I don't even know what, how many games that comes out to. What so, did you say? Forty-eight and uh, forty-eight and twenty-eight. I think. I think that'd, it's that'd be seventy-six, right? I think so. Yeah. Seventy-four. Seventy-six. You know, and then, but then you get into. Okay, do teams, uh, do owners and the league want to play less games where you make less money and, you no. know, and there's less TV? Money? I mean, like, no, they don't. So, so again, I, you know, I, for me, sitting here off the top of my head, Don, I would say that, you know, I guess the way I would sum up my feelings, and there's a lot of ways to figure these things out with the, with the, with how you sort things out in divisions and for playoffs, and none of them are perfect. And it's the same can be said for the schedule. And my feeling is I would like to see the teams in the division play each other four times during the course of the season at minimum. And the other teams, I don't think you need to play. I don't think the Rangers need to play the Canadians three times at the expense of playing the Islanders an extra time. Right, exactly. You know, we just play the other teams home and away and that's it. But that's just my opinion, but... Just an opinion. And, and with my format with the four divisions, the four division winners get the top four seeds, and then the other four seeds will be the four best teams that didn't win their division, and then we play a one through eight. Yeah. 
Now, the other argument well, is, do you want to reseed? You know, too, like, like, do you want, like, it's, there's because there's always going to be a weak division, right? You see it in the NFL. Both South divisions right. were awful. Tampa won their division under 500. Should a team that would probably not make the playoffs be a four seed because they won their division? That's right, yeah. I mean, that's, these are the things you get into because well, there's no, there's no perfect scenario, and you know people argue about it all the time and the playoffs and and the league. They have those discussions in the league. I mean, the GMs meetings. I'm sure things like this come up. Well, I think generally speaking, I don't think there's an appetite for change right now, but I do think there is a discussion about the schedule that's been ongoing, and I do think there's a possibility we could see two more games and have an 84-game schedule again as we did, I believe it was in the early 90s when they added the games for neutral site games, which people who are listening to this now and under, you know, who are 20 years old or 25 have no idea what that is. But there was, in fact, and a great example of it, the Rangers and Devils, in the season where the Rangers won the Cup in 94, the Rangers and Devils played a neutral site game, I believe, at Halifax. Right. So it's kind of amazing to think that one of the Rangers Devils games was not played at either the Meadowlands or the Garden in that year. And people who are not old enough would be surprised to learn that. But so it was an 84 game schedule at one point in time. Um, And I do think there's a possibility we may see it again to kind of even out these games, but I think it is, it is that will be discussed by the league and by the Players Association, and they'll have to make that decision. But I think we're, there's a chance we would see more games than less games, and I don't know if that's great either, because I think we're already maxed out at games, just because it's hard for these players to be you know, competitively at their right. best, as demanding as this sport is. Now, it's 1 o'clock. I've got about you know, 30 seconds if I can carve out from you. Is there any discussion about doing like what the NBA did and have playing games and expanding the playoffs? There's like I would personally like to see it. That's just my opinion. There's a lot of people that would disagree with me. But I think it does create – I mean, we're in a different world now. I mean, it's not uh, – you know, it's not 1963 anymore. So, I mean, there's a a lot of this stuff that goes on. There's more and more teams that make the playoffs. You see it in baseball. You see it now in football. They've added a team. Um, I would would like to see it just because I think it would be interesting. It would keep more teams in the mix. This is a business. Um, Create more games for television that people would be – there would be more intrigue. Um, so I would like to see it. But I, that said, there is no appetite based on what I know from league officials to do that. So it's a conversation that, again, will happen from time to time. But at this point, as we sit here, okay. um, it is only understanding that there's no appetite really to make that move by the league. And that's really, at the end of the day, they all make the decision. So at this point... Doesn't seem like it's going that way anytime too soon. All right. Well, I know you got to run. We'll save that debate for another day. Uh, enjoy your day. We'll talk to you next week. All right. You got it, Donnie. All yeah. right. That's the great EJ Raddick. He had to run. He's got to get ready and make up and uh, everything that he has to do for his NHL Network show, NHL Now, which will start at 4 o'clock Eastern time. We can really get into a dis- good discussion with EJ. I-, I hate the idea of the play-ins. I do. I mean, I, I think it's really watered down the regular season in the NBA. Um, it would water down the same thing in the NHL. I mean, I give the NHL credit, right? I mean, they 
it's been 30 years, over 30 years, that this was a 21-team league before the San Jose Sharks came in in the 90-91 season. So over 30 years, the league has expanded from 21 teams to 32 and has not changed the number of teams going to the playoffs. It was at 16 when it was a 21-team league. It's 16 to the 32-team league. And baseball, basketball, and hockey all have expanded their playoffs since they've expanded. The NHL is not. I do think it's probably inevitable, but I, I would hate I would hate to see it. Um, it's a long season. I get it. And you want to try to create more interest, but I'm seeing it in the NBA where you've just got lousy teams who can call themselves playoff teams. And at the end of the day, does it matter? Because those teams will just get waxed in the playoffs anyway. The difference here in the NHL is is that you do see teams make miracle runs. And if you see a team that's a 10 seed navigate their way to the Stanley Cup final and possibly win it, well, then what does the regular season even mean? You know, when 20 of your 32 teams are able to make it and any of them have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. I understand you're trying to generate interest around the league and get people excited, but it'll also make for a very ho-hum situation in a lot of markets where they know their playoff teams and they want to make sure they finish as high as they can. Um, and you can get real good playoff battles. And I, I would rather see a good team miss the playoffs and say, hey, it's just hard to make the playoffs than lousy teams make it and say, well, everybody makes the playoffs. And I like the format that the NHL has. But I, as far as the 16 teams going, I hate the format that they have now because everybody wants to get so caught up in these stupid March Madness brackets, which don't have any effect. It works for basketball. It's not a hockey thing. It works for elimination games, not for best of seven series. And to have you know two really good teams happen to be second and third in their division and be locked in to play each other and then that means that you know really good teams are going to be gone in the first round of the playoffs when they deserve better than that so that's why under my format that anthony and i came up with the four division teams automatically get into the playoffs it locks you into the postseason but it does not lock you into a top four seed all right especially since divisional play has been watered down anyway and then four wild cards and then you have the four wild card teams. I don't hate that. And then one plays eight, two plays seven, and go back to the old format. So if you win your coverage, if you're the Boston Bruins this year, you know you're going to play the worst playoff team. Now, that you already get that now as far as like the wild cards are concerned, but then your second round matchup is going to be within your division, and it might end up being the Toronto Maple Leafs, who could end up being, at the end of the day, the second best team in the league. Does it make sense that in the second round, the best team in the league could play possibly the second best team in the league? Here, you're locked into playing the worst team, and then if you make it to the second round, you are locked into play the worst team that's left in the second round, and that's the way it should be, and that sets it up that once you get to the conference final it'll be the two best teams that had the easiest paths to meet each other they may not meet each other they might get upset but that's the way i would like to see it i'd like to go back to that one through eight format wouldn't you anthony i hate the fact that that, that tampa is going to play toronto and that boston is going to get is going to get the weaker wild card teams they advance to the second round that they might end up having to play at the end of the day the second best team right right well, look at look at it right now the season ended today boston would um, would play a wild card team, I guess. Whatever the wild card team, the last wild card team, they play Pittsburgh, right? So Boston would play Pittsburgh, and they advance to the second round. If 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 Toronto beats Tampa, then Toronto would play Boston. Right. right now, if you look at the overall league standings, Toronto's the third best team in the league. Yes. Does it make sense for the President's Trophy winner? 
that in the second round of the playoffs, they're going to have to play the third best team in the league? No. But how big um, how big a binder are we going to need to bring to the NHL offices? Can we borrow Michael's laminate lamination system so we can get like the the divisions laminated? We can get the playoff system. Laminated? I'm putting this together. I'm so you 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 laugh. I'm not. I, mean, up, I had I'm a nice long conversation with Gary last Wednesday when I went to the island, and I'm I'm gonna I am gonna set up a meeting. Yeah. And I'm gonna sit him down. And I'm gonna talk about this because their logic of having the format the way that it is. Oh, they love the bracket, so you can get the... We, we, we do it. We play the bracket here on Game Misconduct for sure the playoffs do. and all that stuff. All right, fine, but who cares? All right, that's not that should not be... That's fun for the fans. That's not. That's no way to decide a Stanley Cup champion for the reasons that we just mentioned, that Boston might have to play the second-best team or the third-best team in the league in the second round. Makes no sense. Did you see Isles, Mets, Jets fans' breakdown of how many times the teams play each other? I want to see this. Because that, that's interesting. Um... Based on our division, he changed the division realignment. So let's let's just you know go with the fact that it's going to be the the eight the eight divisions. Right. Uh, each division plays each other six times. That's eighteen games, obviously. The other teams in the conference four times. So two home, two away. That's forty eight. So that gets you up to sixty six, mm-hmm. which leaves you sixteen games. Now I think he's now he says play the other conference two times. That doesn't make any sense because there's 16 teams. So you'd only be able to play the other conference once. Once. And then it would be kind of alternating home and away, essentially. Yeah, and the kind league like doesn't the want N- that. And I don't think the league wants that. So what you'd have to do is you'd have to you have to find a way to get another oh gosh, you'd have to find a way to get another another 16 games somehow. So well, maybe you only play the other teams in the conference how many times would that be? You'd have to you'd have to get you'd have to get some games back because you'd have to get another sixteen games. So if we went, so he said eight in the division. Six times you play the division. Six times you play the division. Yeah. So you'd have to reduce it down to almost what it is now to be able to. But I like the fact that Connor McDavid comes to every building. I don't hate. I don't hate the inter. My dad always has this argument with baseball now with interleague. Is if you're gonna call it an interleague why does it matter at this point especially now that there's the dh in the nl now we're getting into other sports but hockey isn't that much different i know that the west coast plays a little more open game and the east is a little more physical at least that's what you know that's what the that's what it generically has been over the last couple of years but you don't have to play everybody i like what you're saying don because of course you want if to grow the game you want Connor mcdavid to be in every building in every every right. season but, but if it's the, every other year, it's not the end of the world. I know, but but we get so caught up in the division. Like, listen, there's teams in in the Rangers division that nobody, nobody cares about Columbus. They only care about Carolina now because Carolina is good. All right, um, it's about Pittsburgh. It's about the Islanders. It's about the Bruins. It's about the Canadians. It's about the original six matchups. You know, it, um, right now there's a little cachet to the Kings because they played them in the Stanley Cup final a few years ago. Like, it, I know it fluctuates, it changes, but you know, how many? You know, we talk about the rivalry, Rangers, Capitals, same division. You know how many years they they weren't even in the same division? And I told you there was briefly a time the Rangers and the Penguins were not in the same division. Like, so it, it just because um, you know they're going to keep the we want to play everybody thing. Because they just got to it. No, so they're, and they're not going to change that. Once so we already anything, bring this to the table, they're not going to tell us that we can't play everybody. It's going to be a non-starter if they don't have like every team coming to, to every building. The other reason why they like the current format is because they feel like that the first two rounds of the playoffs, there seems to be a little less interest than you have in the third and fourth round. So they want to try to make sure you have divisional rivalries playing each other in the first or second round to generate more interest. So if, let's say, you know, in the first round of the playoffs... 
the Rangers were going to be playing, uh, you know, I don't know, Buffalo. They didn't think there'd be as much interest. Whether they play the Devils, there'll be great interest. Usually, like right now, if the rain, if the season ended today, the Devils and the Rangers would play each other in the first round, and they feel like that would generate more interest in the first round than say the Devils are playing some arbitrary team or the Rangers are playing some arbitrary team to keep it in the division. But my argument would be sometimes within the division, it's arbitrary, right? Because again, again, is there any rivalry between the Rangers and the Columbus Blue Jackets? You know, because that could you know, you're worried so worried about the divisions, you know, and and is there any is, is there any kind of feel for like I don't know Panthers Bruins last year? Yeah, they're rivals and, and they're they're two good teams, but there is no history between those two teams. So I would just I want to just make sure that the, the, there's a reason to play. You want to finish with the best record because you want to make sure that you get the easiest path to the Stanley Cup final, and that should be your motivation, which makes games more meaningful at the end of the season rather than a team. Well, I, what do I care if I win the division or not? Doesn't matter. So we're going to change this all. We're going to we're, this is we're not going to always have every podcast be about that, but there's only one game tonight. You know, we're already in kind of the break, so we really got such a tremendous reaction. We want to thank everybody on social media that contributed to this. I'm looking at it now. M Thurman, uh, Pete threw it out there. Nick, everybody's got uh, whether it's naming the divisions or not agreeing with where we put the divisions. David Hine made the graphic. Format. For us, we really appreciate that. The, the graphic was tremendous. I want to thank you for that too. That was I, he did a great job with that, um, and that's why there was a lot of controversy over the Yager division. How can you have the Yager division not have the Pittsburgh Penguins? Which I think kind of makes sense. So, and I and I I know there were people that wanted Nashville to be in the east. the uh, in the east with Tampa, Florida, and Carolina. And have Detroit back in the West, but I want to try to keep the Eastern teams in the East and have all of the Central Mountain and Pacific teams in the Western Conference. Uh, uh, and as EJ said, you're not going to be able to come up with something that's going to make every single person happy. That goes for the playoff format as well, but... I think we've got something to go in here. But again, it's not going to be dominating game misconduct the rest of the way. It's just we got such a reaction from it. We wanted to be able to have some fun. We wanted to get EJ involved in it as well. Um, we're trickling into, God, I, I got to tell you, it's like a small drip into the All-Star break. There's one game tonight, uh, the Jets home for the Blues. Three games tomorrow, Kings at the Hurricanes, Canadians home for the Senators, Caps are at the Blue Jackets, then two games on Wednesday, Hurricanes, Sabres, Leafs, Bruins, and then we go into the All-Star break and there will not be another game until next monday and then we kind of get back get into the second half of the season you're making so, a pick tonight by the way i gotta make an ice pick huh well either that or uh a top a five that's right um for As the we, michael k show is this what is we're how, talking this is, about this is called the pre-show meeting everybody yeah, the pre-show meeting i can i can give you something i gotta look at the the jets who've struggled as of late and the blues haven't been that great either uh so as we get kind of closer to the um all-star break here carolina is your division leader in metropolitan division devils had a really good week eight one and one a couple of come from behind victories boy that team's got a knack for scoring late they spotted dallas two goals the other night came back and won in overtime so they're in second place with 68 points Rangers with a win over Vegas, so they've got 62. Those are your top three in the Metro. 
Boston, Toronto, and Tampa. Boston's kind of slowed just a bit. Uh, they lost in overtime to the Panthers and then dropped the game uh, last night. Um, so Boston, I don't want to say they're struggling, but the Hurricanes, that was a big win for Carolina over Boston. So Buffalo's right in the mix. They're just a point back of Pittsburgh for that last wild card spot. The Islanders have kind of found their footing a bit. They've won a couple of games in a row. So they're only two points out of a playoff spot. However, they played three more games than Pittsburgh. That's what's happening in the East. In the, in the West, Calgary is tied with Colorado for that final wild card spot. Nashville's lurking with 54 points, three points off the pace. Uh, St. Louis, they're kind of falling apart on us. They've lost four in a row. So it looks like as we get into the second half of the season, Nashville and uh, Calgary, your teams on the outside looking in, still can make it. Buffalo and the Islanders, you want to throw Florida into the mix as well. They still have a shot. They're three points off the pace. But again, like the Islanders, they've played 52 games. So bunch of teams have games in hand on on the Islanders and the Panthers. So had a lot of fun. Thanks to EJ Raddick. Again, rest in peace, Bobby Hall. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. And we'll get more thoughts. Maybe I'll even develop, Anthony and I, a real good playoff format with the way we have our division set up here. We're going to put it all together. It's going to go in a big laminated binder. I'm going to, Anthony and I are going to sit in the offices at the NHL and wait like we're going on a job interview, wearing our suits. We're going to get called in by the secretary. We're going to sit down with Gary, and then we're not going to leave that office until the format's changed. Or we're escorted out by the police. One of the two. Anthony, you ready to do that? Absolutely. Let's do it tomorrow. (laughs) We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. This was the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don McGregor.